The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary... Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, Our desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. Clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Good morning. Good night and good evening. My name is Timothy Saunders. I am one of your co-hosts this evening on this 23rd edition of The Other Side of the News. I'm speaking to you from southwest Turkey, which for many of you is on the other side of the planet. I'll soon be joined by co-host and producer Kinthia, together with co-host and resident researcher Annette Driscoll, who I believe are both very busy chilling out in California. This show is entitled The Plandemic Schedule Part 2 and is the second in a new series of episodes we will explore with the assistance of our valued guests, the way in which this plandemic has been devised, marketed and choreographed to our detriment in an attempt by the minority to usher in their new regulations and intensified control over us as a new normal while holding the masses in terror. Listen to this. Have you any idea how much money this guy has spent on marketing a shiny new persona to sell his awful software, usually before it's even working properly, to transform his rich geeky origins to Mr. Self-Appointed Global Healthcare Expert, to cover up the damage and deaths he has caused to countless African and Indian people with his experimental vaccines, to buy his way into controlling key government advisors such as Imperial College and the CDC to influence the governments of the UK, USA and many more to become the second largest investor in the WHO, the World Hoax Organization, without even being a nation state, to become the most prolific investor and profiteer from many of the circa 140 vaccinations being developed around the world, to bribe the weak-hearted mainstream media which desperately continues to spread fear porn to the masses. Yes, you've guessed it. Bill Gates, with your overactive hand gestures. Keith, please play sound excerpt A. But you don't have a choice. People act like you have a choice. People don't feel like going to the stadium uh, when they might get infected. You know, it, it's not the government who's saying, okay, just ignore this disease and, you know, People are deeply affected by seeing these deaths, by knowing they could be part of the transmission chain and you know, old people, uh, their parents, their grandparents could be 
affected by this. And so you don't, you know, you don't get to say uh, ignore uh, what's going on here. There, are, there will be the ability, particularly in rich countries, to open up if things are done well over the next few months. But for the world at large, normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. Listen to this disgusting arrogance from this philanthropist come fraudster. Of course we have a choice. Bill, are you insane? Do you really think we're all going to fall for this fraud? When you watch the video that accompanies the sound excerpt, you will see his hands acting overtime in a body language attempt to make up for the lies he is telling. Those who may have or may be faint-hearted, uh, kindly cover your ears momentarily. Bill Gates, your desperate BS marketing does not work on me. I only have one phrase to say to you. Go fuck yourself and your vaccines. I'm sorry, but strong language, inappropriate, maybe. However, this is a critical time to choose the truth from the lies. It is also a form of personal detox. I feel a little bit better actually already. I've had enough for watching the businesses around the world being suffocated by their governments. I've had enough of seeing the streets full of normal people transformed into mindless, masked, brainwashed zombies, trembling in terror of catching a disease that has claimed less than 10,000 lives, according to a recent slip of the truth by the CDC itself. How can this farce continue? Where does it get its traction when the mainstream thinking is built on one slippery lie above another? All at the hand of the puppet masters who control the WHO and its collaborators in this global fraud. Well, I'm not the only one who's had enough of this pandemic fraud. Only a few hours after our show last week, millions of people around the world took to the streets without masks and intentionally disregarding the anti-social distancing to stand together to demonstrate that we are more numerous and more powerful than the minority. Here's an excerpt from David Icke, who spoke out at London's Trafalgar Square. Keith? What they don't want us to know, the biggest mind trick they play on us, is this. They want us to believe that authority has power. Authority has no power. Authority's power the world over is only our power which we give to them. When thousands of people headed to the beaches a few weeks ago, there was no chance of us social distancing. So they were sitting together in their thousands. The local authority declared a major incident. Okay, declare it. But what are you going to do about it? Well, there's nothing we can do, is there? There's too many people that won't obey. Exactly. controlled by a tiny few people because of a simple sequence of imposition and acquiescence. 
all the way down the pyramid in position acquiescence the next level acquiesces and imposes on the next level and then it goes down to us the people and if we acquiesce to that level of the hierarchy that seeks to impose on us i.e. government police then we complete a circuit between the tiny few in the shadows and the entire global population and that circuit means that a tiny few impose their agenda on billions of people. How, how do we break that sequence? We stop acquiescing. Human race, get off your knees, the lion seats no more. Ike was joined by medical and scientific specialists who presented their truth to tens of thousands of people in London. Of course, the mainstream media reported far fewer protesters and tried to dismiss the whole event as one followed by a tinfoil hat brigade. In Berlin, Robert Kennedy Jr. was among the numerous influential guests speaking from various stages. While the mainstream media initially reported some 18,000 protesters, the reality was closer to 100 times more. Some reports estimate the number to be in the range of 1.5 to 2 million protesters. Perhaps we'll never know the exact number. However, photos taken from drones high above the city showed the streets filled with people as far as the eye could see. There were many more events around the world. Ted Kuntz, one of our recent guests, was speaking out to his group Vaccine Choice in Canada. And the list goes on. Further, there are increasing numbers of peaceful protests being planned around the globe in the very near future. I'm delighted to say that the tide is most definitely turning. And the more it turns, the more people are awaking to this rude but necessary alarm.
I very much look forward to hearing our guests' perspective on regarding this awakening process, all with a view to illuminate the best path to lead us to a positive outcome. You may find us at www.theothersideofmidnight.com. Kindly scroll down to tonight's white, the other side of the news show banner. There you will see details for this show, quick links to our bios, as well as links to our show items, references, and selected research. As usual, there's a huge collection of information to read, watch, and listen to, most of which has been handpicked from independent sources. I do urge you to watch them sooner than later, as the censorship bots are working around the clock to write history or rewrite history in real time. As we positively encourage our listeners to co-create a better future, you may call in our telephone number below on tonight's banner. If you have a burning question or perhaps would like to share an important feet on the ground observation, please dial plus one. If you're outside in North America, followed by 917-889-8802. You'll come through to our sound engineer in the control tower, Keith Morgan, who will guide you on to the runway and then into the air. One gentle reminder, when you hear the show through the telephone, please switch off your radio, laptop, iPad, or other listening device to avoid unpleasant feedback loops. During the last week, we have once again seen many remarkable events in the news. Each topic raised and its backstory could easily fill up one show by itself. In short, we have heard about the introduction of cheap spot spit tests to screen us from COVID-19. We've seen many more schools attempt to open, some of which have been closed straight away, while others try to impose new rules, which include extended mask wearing and extreme antisocial distancing. And censorship seems to be uh, more and more on the increase. Another brave outspoken doctors decided to move from YouTube to another platform as his podcast kept being deleted without breaking any of the rules. All of this against the backdrop of COVID deaths plummeting and some very interesting data, which was released by the CDC, starting the number of pure COVID deaths was under 10,000 and only 10% of the COVID tests were accurate. Interesting. Despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, and activists who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from the mainstream media propaganda, to make your own independent research, to stop acquiescing and to stand up for what you believe with, your, with respect to others. Dr. Kari Made, our guest is such an individual and I look forward to her joining us very shortly. Good evening, Kintia. Good evening, Aneta. How are you? Are you protesting at all in California? I'm doing the happy dance, frankly. <laughs> This is Kinthea, and uh, I am celebrating the victories that are happening everywhere, starting with London and then the thousand doctors that were protesting in Germany. And and uh, there's an interesting one in my links of protesters in Turkey, Timothy, <laughs> standing well, in silence, absolute silence, thousands of people standing in complete silence. The police don't know what to do about it. And if you go to uh, the Bill Gates uh, video, which is at the bottom, which was played during your intro, just read the juicy comments from people. It just shows you that 
they're not taking it anymore. More and more people are saying this is not real. It's a farce. I mean, I was just in laughter, rolling laughter, reading these comments about Bill Gates <laughs> in his comments. So I am uh, actually rejoicing at the victories that we're seeing. I know that there are victories against 5G and there are more and more protests against the vaccinations and against this lockdown. And I just hope that America will wake up the way Europe is waking up. You know, Europe went through World War II and they are much more sensitized to fascism. And unfortunately, our youth have been so brainwashed by the media that they don't see the signs of it coming. But Europe does. And I hope we will start, you know, light the candle over here and be more active. So that's what I want to say. Hanetta? Hi. Well, I would say, yeah, they've been brainwashed by the media, but also our education system. Let's not forget that. And rewriting history in our history books. So um, we have a lot of waking up to do. But... Uh, like Cynthia says, we do see that, and I, I'm very um, heartened to see a lot of things breaking and a lot of people um, waking up. And I, I got some um, comments about the show, a private email, and uh, you know, people are actually having listening parties tonight, and they're gathering together to listen to the show and to find out information and what they can do, and they're planning things and they're out there doing things. So. You know, there is progress being made. This is our 23rd show, and um, it's been like, mm, for me, <laughs> when, when's, when are we going to see any tide changing? And I think, I think this is the week we're really seeing a big shift, and it's it's so encouraging to um, to see this momentum. And it really has to, you know, it really has to do with how many people get on that momentum on that curve. So. Um, everybody keep going you know keep going keep keep protecting your own way i mean i refuse to wear a mask and i'm you know and i do other things i talk to people and all that whatever your own way is if it's going to protests or um educating people or whatever that looks like for you your version of it go for it you know that's what we all need to do so that's kind of where i am um, I want to just jump in and comment on the on the school systems and what they're doing. One of my links, it's this parent, and she's showing that the homework assignment that her student, a 10th grader, was given. And this is the assignment. Imagine that you work for a human microchip company. The president has given you the opportunity to make a televised speech to the nation. What would you say to persuade people to get microchipped? What do you um, think of that? Unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But... You know, like, <laughs> that wow. doesn't sound at all biased, does it? I mean, that sounds... I mean, well, it's they... like, you know, getting getting the children themselves to say what it would take to convince us. It's using them to rat out on themselves. It's, it's such a betrayal of it, the educational system. And I love that parents are standing up against this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'd also like to say, like, speaking of betrayal of systems, I mean, my, on my uh, item number three, um, uh, I have a thing uh, that, uh, the, about the Facebook fact checkers. And this actually, I, I don't know, Timothy, he had a link up and I think it was taken down. I don't know if he found an alternative platform. 
but it has to do with, a, you know, the censorship that's just out of control and exactly what's happening. So this is one view, um, and it talks about actually how the Gates Foundation has bought uh, all of this, quote, fact checkers and rewritten history and given him a shiny new, um, uh, you know, image or trying to. And even with all his money, ha, ha, ha he's not able to to keep that facade up. I mean, he it's it's cracking all over the place. And <laughs> let's keep going, you know, because um he's got all this money, he's he's done all this horrible damage and I mean, we talk about India and um and uh Africa, all the damage he's done and not to to not pay attention to that, but my god, he's done damage in every country, certainly in the United States. Um, it's, it's, it's horrible what this person's done. And he, he has, he's just rewriting his own history all over the place. So, um, but on the other hand, he's, he's being outed and I love it. I, I, so I have a bunch of stuff on my items about him, his, his outing. So there you go. I'm not a Bill Gates fan. Okay. Well, I think this is a great time to introduce our fantastic and wonderful guest. Dr. Carrie Made is originally from Dearborn, Michigan, and received her medical degree from Kansas City University of Medical Biosciences in 2001. She then completed her traditional internship at the Medical Center in Columbus, Georgia, and internal medicine residency at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. Dr. Made served as a private clinician and medical director in clinics in Georgia until 2015. She then moved to the Dominican Republic where she spends her time doing charity work and telemedicine. Dr. Made also served as an attending physician for the Pennsylvania College of Osteopathic Medicine, Georgia campus, where she mentored students in clinical applications of internal medicine for eight years. She served as a public speaker and was featured in the documentary, The Marketing of Madness, which is about the overuse of prescription psychotropic medicines. Welcome, Dr. Carey. Thank you so you- much for having me. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be part of the show. We're absolutely delighted to have you. You're so courageous, and I love that you're speaking out. And um, wow, I we we have several of your videos up in your section, and there is a YouTube channel that you have. So, everyone, I really recommend you take a look at her messages because this is a very knowledgeable doctor giving us real information and answers that we need to know about. Yes, I, uh, I did the videos um, intended for the layperson, so I hope I, I did those correctly. I was uh, very alarmed by what was going on with this particular vaccine um, because I've, I've studied vaccines for a while now. Um, and they were always concerning to me. But this particular vaccine, I felt like it was my alarm call to the world. And I needed to share this knowledge. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me. I want to I want to educate everybody and warn everybody. Well, I'm curious about your your first uh, video that's here, Human 2.0. Can you speak to that so that our okay. listeners will understand what do you mean by the Human sure. 2.0? Sure, sure. 
Um, let's see. So maybe I should uh, back up a little bit and tell you a little history of what, um, how I got some knowledge about some of the vaccines. Maybe that might help out. Um, so back, I've always studied vaccines and there's some alarming things in a normal vaccine and there's some aborted fetal cells, there's animal cell lines, there's lots of toxins. Also, we don't have the safety and data studies that we need for vaccines. Uh, those are always some concerns. So I've always followed along with the vaccines. And of course, I, like other doctors, go to continuing medical education seminars and, and uh, World Congress meetings. And um, I went to one of them in uh, 2014 around there. It was a World Congress meeting. And Dr. Craig Venter was there. Now he was uh, or is part of the Human Genome Project. He's one of the head scientists. And he was talking about the future of vaccines. And um, part of what he was talking about was how we would start to manipulate the genome, the genes, in order to make vaccines or in order to make the vaccines work in a human. And he went through many different things that were uh, alarming to me. Um, he brought up things like patenting uh, a gene that was synthetic, meaning you could patent, and a patent has owners, part of a gene or a genome of an organism, and humans are organisms. And he brought up the idea of designer babies. You've probably heard of designer babies, where I want a blue-eyed child, I want one that's very muscular, I want one that's athletic, and you can go and manipulate the genes or the genome and have the baby that you would like born. I don't know if you've heard of that, but that's possible. So he was saying that since they have made so much progress in doing that, they should be able to take the credit because of the research and development and make money off of the gene and patent that. So he said in the future of the vaccines that perhaps they could patent that part of the gene of the genome. So I thought about this. I'm like, okay, well, when this vaccine came out, or the, the idea, the talk of this vaccine for the COVID-19, all of a sudden, I heard the word DNA, modified DNA, and modified RNA. Well, this is a brand new technology for vaccines, and this was the exact technology that Dr. Venter was talking about um, back in 2014 at this World Congress meeting. So I thought this was very concerning. Let me look into this. So of course, yes, when they talk about modified RNA or modified DNA technology, they are talking about manipulating and augmenting a gene or your genome, okay? So this means they're able to go into the DNA or the gene, genome of a person, us, and actually modify it, change it. Okay, so when they're doing this, it's called transfection. And transfection is how we make a genetically modified organism. So the plants, like the fruit and the vegetables, et cetera, or a genetically modified animal. So that means we could be genetically modified. This is completely different than anything we've done before in any vaccine. This is brand new. We don't know the end term results. We do know that we could expect many terrible things to happen like increased cancers, increased mutagenesis, increased autoimmune issues. Also, there is the possibility of since we are manipulating the gene, the genome, if it becomes permanent in our genome, this change, 
Well, then that's a synthetic gene, and that means we could be patented. That part of our genome could be patented. And that means somebody could own part of that gene or genome. So this is where, uh, and I started looking at more technologies, but this gets you started into saying this, we need to look into this further. We need to question this. Why are we doing this with this particular virus? That's shocking, actually. That's really shocking. And, uh, are you saying then, so, so a, a person, after they receive the vaccine, it's not that they're going to mutate them before they're born. They're going to mutate them after as we're adults or, you yes. know. Yes, you are actually creating a change in the genome as you are right now. And that change can be permanent, meaning you could pass it on to your offspring, to your children. But the, the point is you can have a change immediately in your genome. Okay, so this is very concerning and we would be the experiments, we would be the lab rats because none of the experiments will be completed before they want to launch the vaccine, which to me is the most unethical thing I've ever heard of. Not one experiment will be fully completed before they want to launch the vaccine. We will be the lab rats. This is very upsetting to me. How could they mandate or force any vaccine or even talk about that without having the proper safety and efficacy trials? The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus, to bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. side of the news can be heard here on this network on this channel on this website on this URL every Friday evening two hours 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time I warn you you'll miss it at your own peril
Well, so, welcome back. Oh, okay, Annetta. <laughs> I was on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know what? The conversation was so captivating, we blew by the beginning of the break, folks. So yeah, we were entranced. Take it away, Annetta. You can... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Truth. Truth be told, my screen kind of went went south because I had a catwalk on my computer. But you know. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, yeah. I, so I wanted to continue on, Carrie, with this uh, the 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 uh, vaccine information, and um, I I, I uh, know that you go into it quite a bit with the. Um, the vaccine, Gates, the other dangers. Can you go into kind of the motivation part of this for what you believe is happening as far as the pandemic goes? Uh, sure. Um, when I was looking at the vaccine, it wasn't just about using a modified RNA or modified DNA uh, technology. They started to talk about the way that they would administer it to people. So one of the ways would be through something called a microneedle platform. And so microneedle platform, this means they would use something like a bandage, something like you could get at a drugstore. It looks like a Band-Aid. And it would be sent to you to your home. You could actually administer it to yourself. And then you would put the Band-Aid on, and it would feel like some Velcro wouldn't really hurt. And you take it off, and then you would be vaccinated. So there's this technology that they're using with the Band-Aid. It's called um, um, the microneedles, which are tiny little spicules, and they are designed after a snake viper fang bite, so a snake bite. Um, and that's what they designed it after. So you would get these little tiny snake bites, and they would be injecting the vaccine, but also something called hydrogel. So this caught my attention Hydrogel is a brand new technology from the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, a military Pentagon agency. So that's pretty interesting. It's a military agency developed this product and it's going to be used in a vaccine. So it can be used for many things, but one of its applications is nanotechnology. So nanotechnology is microscopic little robots. Wait a minute, <laughs> we're actually going to use some nanotechnology in a, in a vaccine, something, why would we do that? This is very alarming. So nanotechnology has the ability, one of its, one of its um, abilities is to hook us up to uh, artificial intelligence. And the idea behind that would be one of their ideas is that we would be able to, first of all, get an ID. So this would be proof that you were vaccinated. Because if they do deliver the vaccine to our homes, which is one of the proposals, they have to have proof that you did it, right? So this mm -hmm. way, this nanotechnology has the ability to have something called luciferase in it. So luciferase is a patented name. It's a patented technology that has bioluminescent or light qualities. And this could, you wouldn't see it or feel it yourself, but if you had a special application on a phone, let's say, or some other computer device, it could scan over the area and it would light up and say, yes, you've been vaccinated. It would hold your vaccine history. So this is concerning to me because this is a branding, a, a number or barcode, which has a lot of different applications, as you could imagine. But it also can hold information and also gather information. So this is, to me, this is very, very concerning for our autonomy, our independence, our freedoms, 
our privacy, immediately overnight that could change. That's even more concerning than the RNA and then the DNA because what would happen after that point? And they say this is for our own protection. This is for our own, for the good of the whole. Right, they that want, doesn't, yeah. yeah, that doesn't even make sense because of course, if it was for the good of us, why would they need to have so much uh, control over what we're doing? You know, yes. I mean, it's clearly a control, it's grabbing the control. Yes. Okay. Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, no. It's it's. So I, I'm looking at all this and going, what in the world? So whenever I'm trying to piece things together, I always say, follow the money. Who mm -hmm. has to make money? Who stands to gain from this? So as I was reviewing and looking at who was funding all of these different vaccine companies, the same names keep coming up over and over. The depend the the DARPA agency from the Pentagon the Department of Defense, and absolutely 100% the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Almost every single time, their foundation is linked to it. So this is, this is a little different. I mean, who are they? Why are they so involved with our vaccines around the world? And because this is a software tech giant, right? What does he have to do with medicine and epidemiology and, and, and all that? So you start looking oh. at the money. He's funding it. And a word, eugenics. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> um, yes. A, a lot of people actually, um, a lot of people don't know what eugenics are. Would you kind of, could you, could you give a little bit of a brief overview for people that sure. aren't familiar with the term? Well, if you really research uh, Bill Gates and his family history, they've come from a long line of eugenics which is a, a term for population control or controlling who lives on the planet, what, is, what kind of human lives on the planet. So they've, they've also been involved with Planned Parenthood and also the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation are very big proponents of gene drive technology or gene extinction technology. And what this is, is about being able to mutate a gene through the process of transfection, which is the same process that they use in this vaccine. So it's the same thing. So during that same process, you can mutate a gene. And doing so, you can mutate a species so much that you can exterminate them from the planet. It is purely for the purpose of eradicating a species from the planet. Whoa. What is that about? And they've donated a lot of money since 2017 for sure into this. And now this month, I believe, they've actually released some genetically modified mosquitoes. So I, don't, I believe it was Florida. They were talking about doing it in Australia. I mean, sorry, in Australia, Africa. And the idea is, well, we want to get rid of malaria, so let's get rid of the, the mosquitoes. We'll start mutating them. Well, what are they going to mutate it? Do they really know what they're doing? I mean, this sounds like an experiment, and what if it goes wrong? And who says they can exterminate something from the planet? Doesn't that affect the ecosystem? It's very delicate balance. Absolutely. Well, my mind is, what if they're using the mosquitoes to inject us? Uh, that's an excellent, excellent uh, question. Yes, I've thought that myself. Of course, they say this doesn't affect humans, but I, how can we trust them right now? <laughs> I, I think the trust is an issue at this point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're not telling us the truth about a lot of things. So, um, you know, with the luciferase enzyme, why would they pick that name? They claim it's because it's a light source. Mm -hmm. But uh, you look at some of the other patents, like um, 
the cryptocurrency patent that is associated with this, again, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, are associ they're associated with that patent. And that is um, the number 60606. They happen to pick those numbers, which is a very interesting number to pick. And this is about um, mining our body activity and making money off of it. So this has been a patent that has been introduced with all of this other technology. The I'm curious, problem, did, did you say they picked it or is it automatically assigned, the number? Uh, you know, I, I guess I assumed they'd picked that patent number, but it's a very curious number. Well, especially uh, I'm not sure. when yeah, when you think of 666 and the mark yeah. of the beast in Revelations. And, you know, the Contact Tracing um, Act, there's a bill in the U.S. government, and its number is 6666. That's yes. a, that bill is that is um, supposed to be voted on. Yeah. What are the chances of that? Yeah. It's just, uh, is that really coincidence? <laughs> let's, let's all run out and play the lotto, okay? <laughs> that's about those chances, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wow. So, um, so this, this, uh, do you, do, okay. I'm trying to figure out so, how to phrase this well, question. I've, I can go back into one more thing about the nanotechnology. So that hydrogel, it has a lot of purposes. And I said, you know, it could hold the vaccine record. So it can hold the vaccine record, but also it has the ability to accumulate data from your body. So what kind of data? Well, it can accumulate your vital signs, your heart rate, your respiratory rate, your blood sugar, but it also can accumulate things like, you know, your menstrual cycle. It can accumulate your, even your emotions, your sleep mm -hmm. habit, how you're walking, running, your blood alcohol content, what medicines you're taking. It can gather all of that data. And all of that data, where is it going? It's 24-7 being monitored. Okay, and you don't have control of who or what gets that data. So, and this is being this is being proposed to be able to be downloaded into your smartphone. And everybody has a, a health app on their phone. If you have a smartphone, you have a health app. Like I have an iPhone. And if you if I look on my my screen, I see a white box with a little red heart in it, and that's my health app. I can't erase it. It's impossible. I can disable it, but I can't erase it. So if I look on my health app, I look under browse and a bunch of different subcategories pop up and there's activity, you know, other data, mindfulness, but under other data, it comes up with sexual activity. What I think I would know how many times I would have, <laughs> I would have sex. Why does this app need to tell me? I think it's gathering data and putting it somewhere, right? It also says number of times fallen, toothbrushing, UV index, medications. I mean, I could go on the amount of data in here. The other thing is going into the cycle tracking for a woman. It's very concerning. It's like the handmaid's tale. It tells you everything from appetite, acne, your basal body temperature, bloating, cervical mucus. I mean, your ovulation, everything in here. Why do they need to know all of that? And so you, this is what can be actually accumulated from the hydrogel, from this nanotechnology. We need to know what could be done in this one vaccine. They're not being honest with us. 
but all the data is there. And I try to give a lot of references with my videos on the YouTube channel if people are curious to know where I'm getting this data from. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so Anytime you, yeah. I, I, I'd like to say one more thing. This might blow okay. your mind, but how I understood how this health app was linked to the hydrogel. Okay, yes. I went to a, a meeting in Atlanta. I, when I was in, I had my big office in Atlanta. I was invited to go to a business meeting of people that own different businesses. So I went to this meeting, and this meeting um, had a lot of big tech giants there. You know, president of Delta at the time, um, another some a prominent doctor. And then this this whole meeting was about, you know, Atlanta needs to get more businesses to come, and we need to figure out how to get more businesses from other countries to be very curious and want to come here. But the problem is that the other countries are concerned that Atlanta is too racist and Atlanta has uh, not really experience with other cultures, so would they accept other cultures? They said, this, these are behavioral problems. How do we change a whole city or a whole state very quickly so that they act better to other people? They brought up a health app, okay? This was brought up in this meeting around five years ago. So they gave the example of how through this app that they had the ability to sense your different body um, chemistry. So let me give you the example they gave us. They said, Brenda and Susie were walking down the street. Brenda calls Susie, says, Susie, um, you're supposed to be at the restaurant at five o'clock. You're not here. And Susie says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm running late at the gym. Well, the phone would, would light up and buzz her and tell her she's lying. And it would know that she was lying because it would know that her GPS where she was, it would know by a polygraph test that she was lying because there's electrodermal analysis. It would know that her voice inflection that she was lying because they has a great voice inflection app. It would also know that her blood alcohol, alcohol content was high because it has a great way of, of monitoring that in her body. Um, it also knew, you know, how many steps she's taken, her, her respiratory rate, et cetera. They said they could monitor all this and immediately give a repercussion to the person. I was horrified. Everybody was clapping. They said that if they did this widespread, that this could change the behavior of a population of people. And they said that, you know, Atlanta could be a pilot city for this to to do this and of course people said well where was this data going you know they said to the cloud they had you know they did say there was problems with privacy they were going to work on that um but i had no idea how they could actually link up this health app that i'm talking about with your body until the hydrogel was brought up with this vaccine so carrie yeah, may, I, may i just ask you very quickly so i i'm I'm listening very intently. I just have a question. Is do you think there's a correlation between the you know this is incessant 5G progress that's being made around the planet? Do you think 5G has a bearing to sort of pick up the data that's going to become available on this hydrogel? Yes, you're absolutely right. We would need a, a bigger um, bandwidth, right, to accumulate all this data to hold it and to transfer it. So, of course, we would need the 5G in order to handle that. And the idea is to connect us with the Internet of everything. I'm sure you've heard about that. Elon Musk yes. is a big proponent of that. 
So that means we ourselves would be like a smartphone or a computer and connected to this big internet of everything 24-7. And of course, mm. you need the 5G. Personally, I don't really like the sound of that very much. I don't know what you guys think, but uh, I think that I will be uh, doing everything I can to dismantle or stop prevent my uh, health app on my telephone. And uh, I think I'm probably going to start dismantling or dismantling, excuse me, switching off any other app that's going to trace my track, uh, my, my positions around. I certainly haven't updated my phones or my laptops mm-hmm. since uh, I heard that these tracing apps were going to become part of the system. So I, I'm running old software purposefully at the moment, um, which I don't know if it works, but I, I call me old fashioned, but I just think it's what I do in my life is my business. I don't think anybody else has the right to know where I am all the time, especially some, you know, corporation hiding behind the, the, a single word called the cloud. Yes, I and I think that if this was such a good thing for humanity, why aren't they talking about it on the major media? Why aren't they, you know, educating us in other ways? If there's nothing to hide, if this is such a great thing, why aren't they talking to us about it? Why is this being proposed kind of, you know, secretly without telling the, the public? Well, it, I think it's worse than that because I think for months that we've seen how almost any YouTube I'm using YouTube as sort of the main example. Any YouTube or, or you know social media uh, headline or, or posting or whatever it is, podcast has basically been brought down or cancelled or deleted or um, censored because if if it mentions COVID nineteen or five G, more or less in the same sentence. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. If you know, are we that stupid that you know uh, we can't make that correlation anymore? yeah it's, you're right and you know today i just let's make a point that in in our links in my links and also our other links as well there's a doctor uh vernon coleman who we've been uh very happily posting his his podcast for for, for, for months actually uh he's very outspoken he he writes a script for every every podcast it's carefully analyzed before he goes on air so he doesn't break any of the guidelines. And yet YouTube, I think, have pulled down so many of his uh, podcasts in, in recent times that he's just said, today is the last one, the last one he's going to do on YouTube. He's going to change to a different platform. Uh, I heard the Richie Allen show will take him up, uh, give him a, 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 a post, a post, a position to, to mm-hmm. speak from uh, once a week, every, I think every Monday. So, you know, he, he's not stopped. It's just that... Mm-hmm. You know, YouTube have made it so difficult for him to continue that, that it's just uh, it's just obscene. You know. By the yeah. way, uh, that's my item number two. Is that actual video saying my last video for YouTube? Yeah, it's Vernon Coleman, and that's um, from the David Icke site because it was. I did watch it on YouTube this morning, and by this afternoon, it was no longer available. So wow. it is from a different platform mm. now. So. Okay, may I, may I ask, Carrie? Uh, because I know you, you've done a lot of research into vaccination for some time, for quite a long time. Uh, what is your view on, for example, people coming up to in the Northern Hemisphere, coming into to sort of fall and winter, thinking mm, it's about time to have a uh, common cold vaccination or something along those lines. Do you think there's a correlation between uh, COVID and the common cold vaccination or previous vaccinations? 
you mean the flu vaccine. So, excuse me. Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes, excuse yes, me. Yes, yes. And this is, it's fine. Uh, I can tell you with the H1N1 flu epidemic, there was a great study that Canada did, and they looked at a retrospective study of uh, hundreds of thousands of patients, and they saw that the people that, or the patients that got the flu, the regular flu vaccine, were much higher risk of having a terrible reaction with the H1N1, actually contracting it more often. And when they did, they were, they had much more uh, pathological changes. They had more uh, dangerous complications. So they, their conclusion was that the flu vaccine made them at more risk. They didn't protect them. They made them more sick. So I, I could probably say that it, we should really look into this COVID-19 and see if people got the flu vac, the regular flu vaccine, and if they were the ones that got much sicker, they were the ones in the intensive care units. Um, that would be an interesting study to see if that was the same kind of correlation that we saw with the H1N1. And also, we can't trust these guys. <laughs> there's, there's the safety and efficacy profile, the data, the scientific methodology has been um, impaired because they don't have to answer for any repercussions from their vaccines. They have amnesty. That's that's right. So, you know, there's no real incentive to, to actually help anybody. So <laughs> if you can do what the hell you like, then why would you even try to... Uh, yeah, it, I mean, vaccination it, it are not is, is not in the same classification as medicine, is, is my understanding. It, it, it's not tested the same. And in certainly in this particular uh, vaccination that uh, circa 140 different companies are putting together, you know, normally it takes, what, five or six years to put a vaccination yeah. together, I, I believe. And they're managing to do it in five or six months, allegedly. Ridiculous. They should go through the same process of safety and efficacy. It's our bodies. It's our lives. It's, I mean, they could do so many terrible things to us. There's no excuse for that. Um, they are going to make billions, even if they don't get their vaccine to sell. They still have research and development. They get funding from our governments, from the taxpayer money. And so they still make money. And what happens to us? We are the ones that are guinea pigs. We're the ones that suffer. This isn't right. Absolutely. Um, and one of the the links in, in my uh, section, this this. Uh, is it, I think it may be my section. I, it actually came from one of our uh, regular listeners, John Francis, and uh, he was suggesting um, that we take a look at some of the links he, he, he sent through earlier this week. And they were basically pointing out a number of different companies releasing uh, tried and tested uh, cheap or like a cheap five dollar. I think it was spot spit tests uh, to see if somebody has COVID. Um, do you oh. think that they will be any more reliable? reliable than you know this this rt pcr test which doesn't seem to be yeah. very reliable at all no i i mean every single test that has come out has been a big failure and i've never seen this happen in medicine before and so we need to really be questioning this the cdc themselves put out two batches their first two batches of the test kits were actually contaminated with covid 19 how was that possible <laughs> I don't even understand. It was on purpose. Made, yes, I agree with you in that one because there's just no mistake with that. How did that happen? That just doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, and then the Florida labs, you know, over 300 labs were caught lying about the lab results. They had 100% of 
everybody that was tested came back positive. That's impossible. They went back, investigated, and found it was less than 10%. That's not a mistake. That was intentional. Um, you know, lots of people getting positive test results that never got the test in the first place. That's my personal favorite there. Yeah, yeah. I, I can actually <laughs> testify that there's a friend of mine who is living in close to Miami and she knows two neighbors that actually went to a stadium queued up for a very long time to have the test. They signed their name and waited and waited and waited and it just never actually happened. There's so many people actually taking the test. They decided to leave and go and have some lunch and then they didn't go back. So three days later, they came back and said, sorry, Mr. and Mrs. X, uh, we're very sorry to inform you, but you actually have, um, you have COVID-19. It's, it's, it's confirmed. And yeah. <laughs> they were having lunch. <laughs> so, you know, this is not hearsay. It is, it is somebody I really, really know that that happened to. So, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. I, there's something very wrong going on. And so what is the motivation? You know, that's why I always say, look at the money and look who's making more money now. Bill Gates is more wealthy. I forgot how many more millions he's got now. Um, you look at Amazon is getting wealthier. And uh, I think Elon Musk has made more money as well. He's in the vaccine industry now, too. He's gotten his hand in there. Well, the vaccine, but also transhumanism he's into of as well. Yeah, I mean, I was really alarmed. I heard, uh, it must have been a couple of months ago now, a, a, a quite a long interview with him on, I think it was the Joe Rogan show. Yes. And they were talking about, you know, within, uh, you know, 10 years, he expects to have the technology whereby literally like a sort of a, an Apple Watch type thing or smartwatch type thing can be inserted into a, a drilled out hole of the brain, sorry, the brain, excuse me, of the skull and electrodes inserted into the brain by a robot and therefore be able to actually download somebody's thoughts, personality. Yeah, I saw that too. And he was saying that we had no choice either, that we needed to merge with AI. No, I totally disagree with him. And what was it? Uh, if you can't beat them, join them. Yes, that it? exactly. Those were his exact words. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Very scary, very scary stuff. And now he's in the vaccine uh, uh, business. And what is his background? What the the cars and you know technology? How does he yep. know anything about people? Well, not, clearly not very much. Gary, we are coming up to a break. This is the top of the hour, and uh, I'm delighted that you've joined us this week. And we have many, many more questions. And uh, we look forward to hearing many more answers from you after the break. So uh, roll on the music, please, Keith. Thanks. of midnight.com Talk radio with pictures 
on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs, $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Listen while you travel, or as an environment to your endeavors. 8 cents an episode, 2.5 cents per hour of content. The other side of midnight.com. Hi, this is Ola Damagod from lightonconspiracies.com. You know, over the years I've done some 500 to 1,000 international interviews, and I just want to say the other side of the news is one of my favorite shows. So, enjoy. And welcome back to the other side of the news. Our guest tonight is Dr. Carrie Made. And the show is called Pandemic Schedule Part 2. Your co-hosts are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. And we're having an amazing conversation with Carrie. I'm just blown away at the significance of what we're talking about, transhumanism. That's a little bit disturbing. So, everyone, (laughs) where shall we go from here? May I... Cut in very quickly. Please. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, let's just play devil's advocate, advocate for a moment. Let's just say, okay, what could the positive outcomes be if, if, we, if we do go down this uh, sort of conveyor belt to transhumanism? Can we think of anything where it could actually be a positive outcome for us? I mean, I mean let's, let's give it a couple of minutes, see what we come up with. I, I don't think we'll get very far, but <laughs> let's try well. Well, I think what they're they're saying with transhumanism is that um, we could possibly, you know, alter out or uh, gene modify out, you know, diseases that we have now. This is what they're saying. I don't believe that. But also saying that perhaps, you know, we could be happier people. We could have feelings or memories because you could rewrite, you know, memories, uh, which is very scary to me but saying, okay, you wouldn't be depressed. These are some of the thoughts. If you read some of the transhumanists and what they are proposing, these are what they, these are the ideas they put in there. But to me, it's an augmented reality. That's not your real reality. So they're, they're actually suggesting you be part of a computer simulation or a computer game. That's part of what they're talking about. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound very authentic to me. I mean, I think what makes us in unique and, and, and human is, is the fact that we do lead a unique life. And, uh, you know, our journey through life is a collection of experiences which evolves us and, and leads the way to the future. I, I, I think that if you start changing that, then, you know, people will lose their, their sense of, of truth, their, their sense of who they are. They'll, they'll lose you know, everything, basically. I mean, there'll there'll be no limits. Well, I believe that we're made in the likeness of God myself. That's my belief. And that um, we have, 
the freedom of choice. So when you start doing this, I, I think that you're going to take away that freedom of choice because what is real, what is not? Um, and what is you? Who are you? <laughs> you know, what can be influencing you that's not you? So I, I, I'm very against that. Absolutely, 100%. Carrie, I'm just taking advantage while, while I'm here. I know I've overshot uh, my, uh, my, my questioning section, but one of the things that when we talked on the phone a week or so ago, I was intrigued to hear um, was your thoughts on the origins of, of how did we get here? You know, we've talked about this pandemic schedule and, uh, you know, it, it's a, this is COVID-19, I, I think, unfortunately, it's just one of the milestones along a very long line of uh, events or manipulations that have, that have occurred over, over the last, you know, decades, hundreds of years, maybe a lot further um, back in, into our history. You know, maybe maybe all of our history is, has been manipulated, you know. Uh, what what would be your view? Do you, do you think there's a starting point, or do you think there's a pattern started to emerge at some point? Can you can you think of, you know, anything that comes to your mind that? Uh... Well, I think since our written history, we've had issues with oppression by you know groups of people, um, and this is just keeps replaying it and rewriting our history so that we don't really know. Um, I, I believe that we are very amazing powerful beings, humans, and that we are made in like likeness of God, that the more I do medicine, the more that I um, see patients, I have seen amazing things happen with our bodies. We are amazing beings. But also you're looking through and seeing that groups of people throughout time have always tried to um, oppress people and not let you know how amazing you are. Um so, yeah, I believe this has been going on for a long time, and this is coming to a head now. So it's do or die. Do, you, do we agree with this? Do we agree to be manipulated and oppressed once again? Or do we finally stand up and, and take our sovereign rights back? I mean, we're amazing people. We need to voice our opinions and stand together in unity. Mm. Do, do you think that in recent time that we have been un under sort of a cloud of oppression. I mean, do you think, our, you, you said we're amazing yeah. beings. Oh. Do, you th do you think we have like a bit more abilities? I mean, I, I, let me just go out on a limb. Do you think mm -hmm. we're talking about, um, you know, telepathy? That Okay, that, that's really reaching out. But do you think yeah. that that's possible within our whole construct? Or is that yeah, sort of absolutely. Absolutely. We have a lot of abilities that have been suppressed. I mean, if we just all shut our televisions off for a while <laughs> and actually start knowing what our senses are again. And our bodies have, our, I've seen our bodies heal of so many different things. I've seen every organ in the body be able to heal itself. I've had patients that were on transplant list, no longer on the transplant list. I've seen their hearts remodel. These things are possible. It's finding the origins, what is causing the illnesses. You know, and but we don't do that in medicine. It's about symptom treatment, symptom treatment. We never mm -hmm. look at the origins, the causes. They don't teach the medical students that anymore because we have corporate greed involved. We have private entities involved making money. And the idea in, the, in our business is that you are made sick and then you're maintained to be sick and you never get off the drugs. How could we know how, how we are with being poisoned and toxined and on these, these drugs many times that don't even help? 
So I have seen our bodies do pretty miraculous things. We have studies on them, but they're suppressed. Russia has amazing studies on this, but you don't see that in the major media. They don't want you to know that. We have amazing uh, studies on prayers, the power of prayer, not just for Mm -hmm. an individual, but worldwide, how it can affect the entire world, how they have, we have a decrease in violence um, during days of prayer. We have amazing studies, but they don't ever let you know that, the major media, that is, because that doesn't sell. That doesn't make money. They make money off of us. <laughs> and Carrie, I'm, I'm just curious. You mentioned about how we can regenerate ourselves if we would get away from the TV. But I, another thing that I'm not hearing anyone mention, and the indigenous people are so aware of, is our connection to the planet, the energies of the planet mm-hmm. and the how we renew our bodies by actually walking barefoot, you know, yes. being on the planet and absorbing that energy. And we're so isolated from it in these concrete buildings surrounded by EMF waves. I'm just wondering, you're living down in the Dominican Republic now, I believe. And yes, are you noticing more of a relationship to the earth? Oh, gosh, yes. I feel so much better with nature. And, you know, on this peninsula, everybody's so healthy. You know, you're eating more fresh fruit. People, most of us don't really watch TV or have a TV. And, you know, uh, we actually eat together, (laughs) spend time. I never did that when I lived in the United States. I didn't have time to eat with anyone. I was rushing, rushing, rushing. Um, It's a totally different kind of lifestyle, but you're, you're healthier. And you see the difference um, when I go back to the States and I see other people, uh, you know, yeah, it makes a huge difference. But, you know, the Earth's frequency, we have like a Shulman resonance and um, it's a frequency of kind of like the heartbeat of the Earth. We mirror that as humans. Everything is, is mirrored in nature. We are connected. There's no doubt about it. So, of course, we are. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to say, you know, that that's absolutely true about the media, you know, not talking about the things when people heal and stuff. I had an experience where I ha- I was supposed to die of a terminal disease. I did not. I went in, I had an MRI, and they called it a spontaneous remission. But the most interesting part, besides that it was a spontaneous remission, is that they could not wait to usher me out of their office. It was almost like I scared them and they didn't want anything to do with it. And then you have to ask why even people on an individual level that aren't necessarily, I mean, they're not the big pharma, but they are so trained that it's like, well, you don't, you don't fit the pattern. You don't fit the mold. Go away. And, uh, yes, that, that's a very common theme. So patients that I had, they would always say spontaneous remission and then don't talk about it. Get out of the office. Exactly. <laughs> we don't want to yeah. talk about it. Even the people that were off the transplant list, they wouldn't take them off the transplant list. Like they had all their organs healed. They didn't need the transplant. But no, you're going to still stay on the transplant list. It doesn't make sense. Mm. I think I think when things like this happen, it's a question that because of the medical training and the peers of the people, you know, the, the doctors and, and the people that, that have been trained in this way, also been in the same medical training and it, there's literally there are v- large voids that people don't actually know about and because there is a void with nothing in it you know, and therefore the, these spontaneous remiss- spontaneous remissions occur in these voids 
then there's just nothing to be said about it. There's no literature, there's no, no procedure, there's no protocol. It's like, well, okay, uh, next. You know, it's... <laughs> well, and, well, people are actually afraid of losing money. And I'll tell you a short story of that. So um, maybe like 15 years ago, Pfizer actually uh, looked at some researchers' work and it showed that um, the plaque inside of your heart that causes a heart attack was actually, it was from a bacteria that caused that. So bacteria got in the walls of the artery, and so the person made like a cement or the plaque around it. So they said, well, if that's a bacteria causing it, let's give them an antibiotic called azithromycin for a long time, and let's see what happens. So we expected the plaque to shrink, and it did. And I remember it being on the news, oh, this is working great. And all of a sudden, the study stopped. So we got to see one of the researchers after that, and he said, well, they stopped the study not because it failed, but because it worked too well. Because all of a sudden, some of the people in the study, their plaque absolutely disappeared. It wasn't there at all. And that couldn't happen because people could not be cured. Because think about what that meant for the industry. And my peers and colleagues actually said the same thing. Nobody can know about this. No one can know that. Because what would we do for a living? Out of their own mouths came, you know, they were worried about money. And so they totally hid that, that study. Um, but that's a real study that happened and it really, it, it showed that we could, that it was a, a cause of bacteria, but we never address that in medicine right now. So is, is that like a caveat to the Hippocratic Oath? I thought that was something that a doctor should sign up to save lives. I, I mean, that's my understanding, the basic understanding. Wow. I, I abide to the Hippocratic Oath. So every time I saw people with any sort of heart disease, we always looked for the bacteria, which usually came from the mouth, something in the dental area, and mm. took care of that completely. And actually, that would almost always stop the issue. They would halt any more coronary events. So well. on, a, on a looking at this from a, a perspective of this... Um, this uh, I, I hate to use the word because I don't want to acknowledge it really, but the virus <laughs> issue we have, um, you know, we know that there are absolute treatments for that, but they've done everything they can to yeah. suppress that information, to repress it, suppress it, make it go away. And I don't have to ask the question. I think our audience is brilliant enough to say, wow, gee, you know, there's a there's an ulterior motive here. And um, and obviously there's there's greed driven in what we're talking about, and it's it's horrible because um, you know they're not putting people's health or animals' health or the planet's health anywhere close to important. But in this case, I think with the virus, and and I wanted to get what your your view is on this. But my feeling is is that it's much larger than about just the greed of money, because by creating this this fear of this virus that may or may not even exist it certainly doesn't exist as they're portraying it that's that's a given um this thing uh, you know we, we we're they're creating much more out of it and getting there it's a power grab it's more than money it's like the the control that it's the slavery of the human race um that's the way i see it what do you think a hundred percent you're right about that and um you know, in the G20 meetings, their main uh, agenda is depopulation. And it's talking about how to depopulate the earth. So it's no secret. <laughs> it's, it's been talked about. And so the whole idea, they call it the culling, meaning we take, you know, take out a certain percentage of the world's population and the ones that are left over, we find a better way to control them. 
<laughs> yeah, this is pretty much, it's awful. And so, so we need to acknowledge that and, and not take it anymore, not, not repeat history again. So, so a continuation of that question then is with this vaccine looming, obviously they're, you know, that's a major part of the agenda. So if you had that vaccine, the question I wanted to ask about that, like the monitoring and all that, I get that. That's like, I don't want anything to do with that either. But is it possible that if you had the vaccine, could they actually throw a switch because it seems like if you're connected to the machine, you could throw a switch. You could like, you know, snuff. It'd be a snuff movie, right? Uh, is this what we're looking yeah. at? Yeah. I mean, that or, well, first of all, let me go back. The animal studies, they did mostly on ferrets, the animal ferrets. So in previous modified RNA vaccines and DNA vaccines, they had animal studies, not necessarily for this COVID-19. But they actually stopped those studies because... The animals had the proper immunity after they got the vaccine, but the problem was when they were challenged, meaning they came up against the virus in the future, their bodies went crazy. They actually had a hyperimmune response. They actually had increased risk of death, increased liver failure, in, increased lung uh, infiltrates. They had a very bad response. The vaccine made them sicker, not better. And so this was in the future. Okay, so it wasn't immediate, but what if that happened to us? And so was, my question is, I think that's why they skipped the animal studies on these COVID-19 vaccines, because they are afraid that's what would be the same result would happen. And it would show us that it would make us sicker, not better. So let's say you got your vaccine, maybe every, everything looked good, you're good. But what about the next flu season? What if you came in contact with maybe the cold virus, because this is similar to the COVID-19. And all of a sudden your body went haywire and you got really deathly ill when you shouldn't have. This is a possibility. And they know this from the previous studies they've done before on this technology. So this could actually make people, and then they could just blame it on the next uh, COVID-20, right? And say, oh, it wasn't the vaccine, it was the COVID-20. And really it was the vaccine. Well, haven't we already seen that in the Canadian studies? I mean, we already know that that's yes. the case, that you get the flu vaccine and then you're more susceptible and you have a yes. stronger reaction. I mean, that's that's enough for me. I don't really need to, to go. <laughs> I agree. And it's, it's awful because we have the people in power that we're supposed to be entrusting, paying taxpayer money to, to take care of our and oversee our general health are not on our side. <laughs> They're against us, not for us. If you look at the data, it's overwhelming evidence. Mm -hmm. May I cut in very quickly? Uh, Carrie, why do they use ferrets? Is there some sort of uh, similarity between human and ferret uh, DNA or something? It's, uh, it's mostly because they can reproduce uh, pretty fast. Um, and yeah, there were some similarities to their immunity, their immune systems to the humans. That's what that's what they said. Mm, I so, so can I, can I talk about immunity versus the vaccines? And I, I know um, a lot of people don't. I mean, a lot of people believe that vaccines actually give immunity. Um, can you explain the difference between that, the immune, you know, making the immune system more alert and vaccines? Okay, so the, well, the vaccine that they're proposing, the modified RNA DNA, so this one would actually get your body to create, it would write a code, like a computer code, and then your body would create a part of the virus. So the virus looks like a ball with little spikes sticking out. 
it, your body would actually start making the spikes of the virus. So why in the world would you want your body to make the spikes of the virus? Well, their idea is that because you're making the spikes in your body, that your body would see the spike and then start to make antibodies and have an immune response, a T-cell response, already made in the body just waiting for it. And so then when you saw it again, you would already have the antibodies made in your body. That, that's their idea, their idea. But what they saw was that the body went haywire in the animal studies. It actually had a hyper-exaggerated response, not a better resp response. So this one, it, it, it's not necessarily making your immune system better. It's just saying you're going to make some antibodies against it. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean, just because you have antibodies does not mean that you will be healthier or that you'll be better at responding to the infection. Right. So, yes, I understand that about, about mm -hmm. the antibodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing is this people think, oh, well, that's a good thing. It's like, well, not necessarily ask anyone with autoimmune disease. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily yeah. It, it does not guarantee that you will be healthier. It does not guarantee that you'll be able to fight off the infection when you see it again. Absolutely not. We have no data at all to say that there's not any, um, any study at all to show that we have nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So um, I, I also wanted to talk, I wanted to go backwards a little bit. I, Kinthea started this and Timothy went down the road a little bit. And uh, about the, about the uh, abilities of the humans as a race, you know, we, we have uh, all these capacities that have been hidden, uh, tried to obliterate them. Certainly the, the knowledge of them has been um, obfuscated. You know, um, do you think that as people wake up, I mean, first of all, I guess, do you, where do you feel about the wake up? What do you feel is going on with the wake up process? And then the other thing is, is do you feel that people are actually going to get to the point that they really, really wake up beyond even what we consider awake right now? Well, um, compared to when I, I put the first video out there, it was the end of June, Till now, I can say that I've been pretty impressed with how many people have, have awakened. Um, a lot of people that I thought would never listen are now listening and sharing videos. I have friends and family saying, you wouldn't believe some of my family that would call me a conspiracy theorist are now sharing your video or sharing, you know, similar videos. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of people wake up and, and a lot of people starting to be critical researchers and critical thinkers and and being investigative journalists, which we need that right now. We don't have that in our major media. Um, so I'm pretty proud there, there are a lot of people waking up. I, I don't know how many, but definitely a lot more than before. And the momentum is growing. So, And that's the best thing that we can do is continue to spread this information, continue to educate because I believe that is the key to stopping something that would be so tragic to the human race from happening is just simply knowledge, uh, knowledge and truth. That, that's the key for this. So I've been impressed. I'd say the U.S. is a little bit slower. Europe is definitely more ahead. I have actually a lot of people from um, the Middle East that are becoming knowledgeable. And now some people from Korea and Japan um, starting to spread the message so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going around the world. The people are becoming educated and speaking up. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. 
I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in the, the most backward place there is, which is California. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I walk around in California and I go, I mean, what happened to your brains? I, I don't know. It's just amazing here. Uh, but uh, I mean, for those of you that are awake in California, I don't mean to insult you, but, you know, as a general public, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, so so with that, with the background of, of that, what I was actually getting at, too, is is beyond this, the awake of the political or the motivation system, but the actual uh, shift in consciousness that we are well beyond what we've been raised to think humans are. You know, we have all these abilities that lay latent in our systems unless we awaken those. So that's what I mean by the, the like the the more advanced. I mean, we could say the human 2.0 of that that version instead of the uh, transhuman version. Uh, do you feel that, that we're moving that way from what you're observing in people? Yes. I mean, uh, well, I should say that once people get unplugged, they're not so uh, tied into the media, the major media, the, you know, their devices hooked into that. When they, when they stop doing that, you see that you know, they do have a better ability to heal themselves. And we do have studies showing how we have the ability for telepathy. It's not something that's sci-fi. We do have the ability to, um, you know, astral travel, all these things. So we have interesting studies like that. But when you're stuck and you're hypnotized by all these computer devices and the frequencies and all that, and you eat terrible food, uh, yeah, Here, you're kind of in a message. coma. Thank you. I don't know what what came in there. <laughs> um, that was odd. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So, yeah, and then right down to like with uh, the fluoridation of the water, which you know that's a that's a topic. But uh, that was from you know, Hitler. Hitler, you know, invented that idea, and we took it. <laughs> what yes. is going on with that? That's for mind control, and it worked very well. And it and does. So we just we just con con why are we still continuing the fluoride in the water? All the studies show that it, it's terrible for people. It makes us unhealthy. It's not good for us. And the idea why they started it was from Hitler, World War II, and they're still doing it. Well, it's it's not only mind control. I mean, it stops all your creativity. It yeah, stops your spiritual connection. It's your like, pineal gland. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just just calcifying that right up, and and people just go along with it. And actually, you know, they're so brainwashed, they'll they'll actually so, argue the point. So well, what do you people, say? I, people are always surprised. I'm always trying to tell them, you know, World War II was very pivotal. And, you know, World War II, in my opinion, didn't really end because we did something called the Paperclip Project, where mm. the United States took half the scientists from the Nazi regime and Russia took the other half. And we just continued the horrible experimentation and all of these sci-fi things from World War II and never stopped. And we're part of our country. The United States is a part of that. Um, so these, these scientists, these ex-Nazi scientists just assimilated themselves into our culture, sometimes changed their names, but just continued the work. Um, do you really think they changed their mindset overnight? I find that hard to believe, but I would say this is probably why you see some of the things that Hitler used done in other countries as well and continued because that I ideology, the idea of controlling others is still there. Yes, yes. And and what a great thing we have with the media on top of it. I mean, talk about massive control. 
you know, and people think, you know, the, I think maybe one of the worst things we have is people think that we have these open platforms, but now it's, it is being exposed that they aren't open at all. We're highly censored. Uh, so we think we can say what we need to say, but if you try to say anything that actually has some teeth in it, away it goes. And so, yeah, I think that there's some things that are coming out that are positive about this. In other words, they're, their evil schemes are being exposed yes. is, I think, the biggest positive we, we see right now and the awakening I, from I that. agree with you. I'm impressed where I'm seeing some really good investigative journalism from people all of a sudden, and it's growing, and people are now looking back in history and figuring out what they were taught is not quite true, mm. and looking at the motivations and seeing that this has happened throughout the generations, and it's generational through families as well. So, and then saying, wait, we don't have to live like this. We don't need to be like this. This doesn't have to happen this way. We don't have to continue this way. I, I'm seeing a big movement that way. And I, I am full of hope and faith and love. And even though it seems overwhelming, I really believe that we can make this turn around and we can actually turn our earth into the paradise it ever, it always was supposed to be. And okay. we have enough energy go ahead yeah we're in a bot we're in a break i'm so sorry we'll pick you up on the other side the other side of midnight.com Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Search the archives. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. Hi, this is Ted Kunz from Vaccine Choice Canada. I just want to reach out and express my gratitude to other side of the news for all that you guys are doing to empower humanity and bring us to a higher state of consciousness. Uh, the time that we shared together was a real pleasure, rich conversation, and I know that all of you are uh, higher conscious beings who are uh, part of the solution. You guys are great. Our guest tonight is Dr. Kerry Made. The show is called Pandemic Schedule Part 2. And to find the show, you'd go to the other side of midnight.com and scroll down to the other side of news link, and you will find our shows. I just want to make a little note here that the correct number for listening to the show is 641-741-0850. This is Kinthea with co-host Timothy Sonder and Annette Driscoll. And back to this lively conversation, I believe we also have uh, two callers waiting. So um, we're, let's take off where we left off. I just said I'm just very much full of hope, love, and faith about, you know, um, about the future of our world because 
we're finally at this pivotal point where this mass consciousness is finally increasing, it's rising. And if we get enough, we can finally stop this generational oppression that has been on our earth for since our written history. And, you know, we have a beautiful world. We have beautiful people and we have enough resources that's garbage that we need to depopulate the world. And we have technology that's being withheld that we can have free energy. We can have a lot of things. We can cure cancer. We can do all that. So we just need to be, we need to have the, the choice. We have the choice and we need to make it and say no to the, these, this oppression. So I, I have a lot of hope and faith. Thank you, Carrie, for opening our hearts because... Really, this is music to my ears. This is what the show is about, is to remind everyone that, yes, we are taking out the garbage <laughs> so we can have a nice, beautiful, clean planet to enjoy. And I'm so grateful to everyone who is sharing the news with their family, with their friends. I see an acceleration of interest and uh, alertness. So... I'm really grateful for you to make that point. As a scientist, it's good to hear from you. I believe it with my whole heart. I, I know it. So, yeah, we're in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We have a couple callers here. Um, yeah, John has to unmute. He's here. Okay. So, John. Can you hear me? There you are. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Uh, Dr. Carey, you're, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, you have a tremendous wealth of, of knowledge and insights. And I hope you come back again. Um, what I'd like to do is just echo your human 2.0. You know, transhumanism talks about increase, enhancing the human through technology. But there's also a spirit, many spiritual traditions throughout the world that say, that say humans can be enhanced uh, spiritually through spiritual energies, through divine energies, through contact with God, consciousness, whatever term one wants to use. And these vaccines and, and attempt, technological attempt, attempts in general to um, enhance humans may actually and maybe this is even the intention, they actually make it more difficult to have a spiritual transformation mm -hmm. and to connect with uh, the spiritual source that is going to lift humanity to the next level of spiritual evolution. Um, Rudolf Steiner, back in 1917, he had a prophecy, and he said that someday there would be a vaccine, and this vaccine would actually inhibit human beings ability to connect with god and um you are people, correct yeah so if you want to comment on that that would be great yes you know they've studied um the god gene there is something called the god gene it's something that connects us to our spirituality they studied a lot of monks and uh, people that could get into deep meditation and they released a lot of dmt and so there's a gene that is associated with that. They've identified it. And so by manipulating our genome, they could alter that. They could inhibit that or maybe erase that potentially. Um, that's been talked about before, and there's been studies done on that because they felt like people that were more connected spiritually were more passionate, were more zealous. 
And so they talked about stopping it in our enemies and the battlefield. So if they weren't as passionate or zealous that we could overcome them, that was the idea in the military world. But what if they started using this on us? I mean, and, and stopping our ability to connect with the higher power with our, with, with God, um, this is very concerning because they felt like they could control the population easier, make us more docile. So this is not sci-fi. This is actually talked about in the literature and research and in uh, circles like DARPA. It's a very real threat and a very, really it's a potential. On top of that, when you can start affecting someone um, through Wi-Fi with frequencies, of course you can start affecting how they feel or, or blocking their ability to connect with things. There's lots of different ways they can do that. And we need to say no to this. This is insane. This is not helping us. This is hurting us. That's a very good point you made. Yeah. Uh, I want to also mention that there was someone recently in the EU, I don't know if it was a scientist or medical doctor, that was suggesting doing something either through putting something in the water or some type of technology to make people more willing to accept the vaccine. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> Oh, yes. They have been talking about how they believe they have the um, right to drug a population of people to make them more submissive and accepting of vaccines um, or anything else like masks, that sort of thing. And so that has been talked around, uh, talked about in certain circles as well of um, augmenting people through frequencies or just drugging us. Yeah, that is correct. I just want to go back briefly to, to, to the um, Spanish flu, and then I know you have a lot of other things you want to say and other people want to talk to you. But there's one theory that the way the Spanish flu started was we were ready to enter World War I, the U.S. soldiers. And there was a doctor that this thought it would be a good idea to vaccinate our soldiers before they uh, went into war because germ warfare was did exist in during the time of World War I. And that what actually happened was that back soldiers became very, very ill, and then they developed, uh, they became contagious too, and then it spread from there. So I believe it was Fort Detrick where this was done mm -hmm. back in around 1917. And what's ironic, the medical doctor that did this, actually an experiment, you know, on our soldiers, his last name was, you're not going to believe this, his last name was Gates, G-A-T-E-S. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yeah, you can look this up. There's uh, some good research on the uh, uh, alternative interpretations of the Spanish flu. It really didn't begin in Spain. They were just the first ones to report it. And I think uh, there was an, an, if this scenario was true, then there was obviously attempts to really hide the actual origin of this in a vaccine that went bad. So thank you very much. Thank you. They're great questions. I also heard the radio frequency. The radio waves were actually could have been one of the reasons, too. Um, they were toxic to people that they were too high. So um, yeah, that was another theory, too. Yeah, certainly. There's many theories, but things can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Those are great, great questions. Great. great. Thank you. So where do we go from here? What do you what would you see as? actions that we as people can take well i like i said before it's it's education 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 it's spreading this knowledge around because we have to know what the problem is to come up with a solution and so i always say it's like we're lifting a veil 
And it's going to hurt because we're going to see some really ugly truths about what's been going on since the beginning of our written history. And it's not pretty. But we have to see them. We have to understand what's been going on to us and how we've been lied to. And so once we get educated, then we can come up with a solution. And I don't think it's as hard as people think it is. It's really just getting us to have that mass consciousness, that awareness, that knowledge of we've been sick. We've been, uh, we have diseases that we should not have. A lot of these cancers are induced on us. A lot of these illnesses, autism, autoimmune, et cetera, are, are likely preventable. We don't need to be like, we've been, all these medical technologies are withheld from us. We have lasers that can, you know, erase a tumor in eight minutes without hurting our body. We have so many different things we can use right now. And we just have to understand that we can have a better world, but we have to understand the problem. So we have to be educated. And in being a critical thinker is a must. You can't just have someone tell you something. I think it's so important that you research it and look it up yourself because then it's so much more powerful. When you find that data, you find that, that information, it'll make an impact on you. And then the more we get awakened, the more that we learn, yeah, we can turn this world around. Absolutely. I'm 100% confident in that. I appreciate that you mentioned education, and I would add to that the inner education. So as John was talking about the God consciousness, you know, human species is only beginning now to tap into who we really are. And I can see that the hidden powers are wanting to stop that because we are much more powerful than any of us imagines. And that's why these uh, consciousness experiments of meditation that can lower violence in a city or raise, um, it can raise your grades in school. I'm looking at, we need to educate ourselves in terms of factual information like we're sharing here but we also need to explore the inner education that comes from our own core being that each person finds when they are alone it's not something that's told to them it's something that you dig into yourself and you innately know it's a kind of knowingness and that is a very powerful influence on anyone around you, even without using words. You can see how some people will walk into a room and they just command the room. They don't even have to say anything. And it's because (laughs) they've developed that relationship with their core being. And I, I think that the attempt has been to always turn us to looking outward, 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 and not looking inward and, So we need to look more inward to find what is there, know thyself, to find who we are inside within ourselves. And also start connecting again. Everything's about disconnection Mm -hmm. and social isolation. We need to start connecting with each other, our families, our communities, our country, our world. We need to start, you know, sitting down and talking with each other and hugging each other and eating dinner with each other and taking care of our family members and, and, you know, starting to, you know, be with nature again, going back to the basics. And all of a sudden you'll find yourself again. But if we continue to be more isolated and self-absorbed and stuck into the computers or the tablets and not be in nature, we'll, we'll never find that connection. We, we need to know that we are connected to 
everyone and the earth and nature. And so we need to start acting like it again. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a young woman and I went to Greece and I stayed there for seven years. The reason I stayed so long was, was actually, it was that connection to family because I'd grown up in a very little family and every weekend all the relatives would all come together in this Greek family and they would all eat together, the grandkids, the grandparents and everyone. And there was this community and it was so rich. It was so rich. And I, you know, you don't see it here except maybe on holidays, but there it was every weekend. Yeah. And it, it kept me there because I so missed community. It's important. Yeah. And then that's powerful. And that's part of what we're seeing now is more and more of that breakup, that division, and that makes us weaker. You know, weaker as an individual, but weaker as as a group of people. So, you know, we have to understand what's happening politically and and see how that's really hurting us and not fall for the trap, not fall for the tricks. Um, Stop fighting amongst each other. Be kinder to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, not fall for what the media is. And, and the media is not telling us the truth. You know, what I do is I ask people in that certain part of the state or that country, like, really tell me what's going on. I don't believe what the media is saying. They're, they're telling you're spinning a story. They're telling you what you what they want you to hear. Um, yeah, we need to break out of that hypnosis. I remember one time I was talking to a friend of mine from Iran and she was uh, mentioning this, there was this holiday where there were 5,000 people gathered and there were a bunch of, you know, Americans and Iranians eating together and having a wonderful time. And then all of a sudden in one small corner, a few stragglers got together to burn the American flag and all the news ran to go report the burning of the American flag and they ignored the other 5,000 people that were getting together and enjoying themselves. It was just like on the news, that was what was carried, not not the peaceful communion that these families were having together, Americans and Iranians. That's true. And you travel the world, you see that there are amazing people all around the world and amazing things to see. It's not what the media portrays at all. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad that, We've been told the lie a whole the whole time. Carrie, may I ask a question? Uh, today, I was visiting a, a shipyard. I'm in my sort of daylight hours. I, I, I design yachts, uh, and I saw a, a colleague I hadn't seen for some time, and he was wearing a mask. And I wondered if he was about to take it off. Perhaps he'd been, you know, in the workshop as opposed to actually wearing a a COVID fear mask. And he didn't greet me very warmly and because obviously he's taking precautions. And uh, I, I said, look, OK, that's a COVID mask. Is it? He said, yes, it is. And he said, you're not going to shake my hand. I said, no. He said, no. I said, well, I'm, I'm very sorry about that. You know, I'd, I'd really like to sort of, you know, greet my friend properly, my colleague properly. And but I, I do respect that, you know, you don't want to. So I could see him especially when I told him I had been in the red zone of Italy, in the red zone of Florida uh, for for many months, and I don't recall killing anybody, and I don't think anybody (laughs) killed me yet either. So I kind of came out with that slightly flippant uh, uh, comment. But I could see that he was genuinely stressed by what I was saying and genuinely stressed by the fact that I actually wants to shake hands with him and sort of, you know, see his face without a mask on. And what, what would you say 
to somebody like that because I think there are millions of people out there like that that are in this sort of self-fulfilling trauma. Yeah, I, I tell everybody, turn the TV off for at least a month. I honestly do. That helps tremendously. I've seen big changes just by doing that. And then I try to provide them, for instance, with the masks. All of the um, data, all the research from the World Health Organization, the Center for Disease Control, the National Institute of Health, shows us that the mask, like we're using them now, does not work and actually is harmful. All of the data, all the research, there's not any research to say that it does work, okay? And also all the training in the medical institutions, we would never wear a mask like people do now because it's, it makes you more unhealthy. There's more germs that accumulate on there. So it goes against all of our science, all of our known good science to wear the mask like this. So I try to give people a lot of the data, the references, they can look it up and then also tell them to turn the TV off. <laughs> and that already starts to help. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just providing information to people and if they want to hear it, and then all of a sudden they start to question it, you know, or give them the data of like, look at how the, the, the data is manipulated. Look at, there's a lot of false numbers. Um, and then, you know, reassure them, okay, you know, these doctors have such a large amount of uh, references showing how hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, budesonide, all these different things have worked on their patients. They have the data. They have the research on it. We do have research showing that it is safe in, in smaller amounts. And you just keep providing people with information. You know, just give them the data. Give them the data. Tell them to turn off the media, the major media, which gives them a lot of the fear. And then if they want to learn, they will. And then that breaks the fear cycle. I've seen that work very well. I'd also say, you know, leading by example is really important. I mean, trying to go out and have as close to a normal uh, experience as possible. And when I see people, um, unless they're absolutely cowering in fear, I still give them hugs and all that, you know. So... I also wanted to talk about, and we're almost to the end of our show, unfortunately, but you know, we constantly hear about the new normal, and I don't think we'll ever go back to whatever we had before, but the new normal doesn't have to be this weird dystopian new normal that there seem to be pushing on us. We could create our own new normal, which is better than what we came from before. Um, what do you, what would you suggest that our listeners might envision or mm, practice in order to move it towards what we would like as a new normal? Um, you know, we need to get rid of the censorship that's happening. That's so powerful, <clears throat> especially in medicine. We have so much censorship. We have so many technologies, there are technologies, but we have so much research to show how, for instance, IV vitamin C has a uh, cancer killing ability. It actually can cure you of many different things, but we hide that data. The FDA hides that data. We, you know, we have so many things that can help people right now, this very moment that is cheap. It doesn't cost very much money. We need to stop the censorship. We need to demand that we have access to knowledge, okay, that we should all get. I mean, we pay the government money, so and they're supposed to help us, not hurt us, not censor us, not oppress us, right? Why are we paying them money if they're doing that? We need to demand that we have full knowledge of things. 
Um, also, meanwhile, during this quarantine, you know, um, the Department of Defense has been pushing out different things, uh, technologies like anti-gravity devices that work and all these sci-fi things. So and we do have the ability to have free energy. So what if, you know, we start having free energy around the world? Think of all the, you know, wars that could possibly go away over that. We wouldn't be fighting over oil or, or, or anything like that. We would have so much more free time on our hands. We would have more ability to um, connect with each other. Just think about it. We have the ability to do that. We can do that. We just don't because it doesn't make money for the people that are in power. Um, as a collective group, we just need to start unifying and stop being divided. And I think we would have a lot more power and ability to do that. And look at the things that the uh, military, or at least the U.S. government, has been leaking out while we've been in quarantine. You'd be shocked. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. They've been busy little guys while we've been distracted, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm, yes. Um, mm. I mean, they're, they're acknowledging the presence of UFOs, different things like that. And no one knows it because we've been in quarantine, watching the news, being in fear, and wearing a mask. <laughs> well, I, I, think our, I think our listenership is, is, a, is ahead of the curve there in yeah. general. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm talking about in the general world, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Of course. But yes, I mean, it, we have the ability, you know, there's a, David Wilcock is a, a great author. He wrote the source field investigations um, and synchronicity key. I don't know if you've heard of those books, but they can change your view on the world because he puts together a lot of different research that has been out there from different countries and the United States as well. And it will give you hope. Okay. And it shows and also goes into some of the things we've talked about of how throughout the um, generations we've been oppressed, but how there is hope for the future because he gives you data. He gives you the research and ties it all together in the end. So those are some good references. If, and he has it on audiobook as well. I highly recommend those. And um, it's, it fills you with hope. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So, Timothy, Kinthea, what are your, we, we've only got four minutes left. I, I have a question very quickly. Uh, Carrie, uh, I read somewhere or heard somewhere that are you going to be taking part in some demonstrations in the near future or is that just something I dreamt up completely? <laughs> yeah, September 19th in um, London, uh, Kate Shemarani, she was um, one of the main speakers with David Icke. And they're going to do another rally in London. Um, and I'll be on the Zoom screen. I can't be there in person, but I'll be doing a live feed on the Zoom screen. So I'll be um, doing a little speech there as well. So um, we'll have more information as the time gets a little closer there. I'm not Fantastic. sure if they'll... I'm not sure if they'll do another um, rally in Berlin or not, but I know for sure in London they're doing that. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And, and the beauty of it is like, so you can be there even though you're not physically there and the whole world can participate as well. Exactly. I'm excited. Yeah. Wow. So that's well, I a, think go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say that, you know, in the, opening of the show but we mentioned just a few of the rallies that are going on around the world but i mean there are far more than we mentioned i mean there's just every every week it's going exponential right now but you don't see it on mainstream media so 
you know, if, if any of our listeners are feeling inclined to stand up for, you know, humanity, then I think that it, it's, it's probably a very good way of peacefully showing your face at one of these uh, rallies near you. Yes, mm-hmm. and there's um, some groups out there, if you look, um, uh, Dr. Uh, Tenpenny, she has um, uh, some training on how to get some peaceful rallies together and the American Freedom Information Center. There's different things in the U.S. Um, and I put those on my, my website, too, so people can have references for that. So if you want to get involved, you can. You just have to look and see what's going on in your local area. There are different things going on. Well, we want to thank you, Dr. Carrie Made. It's been an amazing, amazing show. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. And we look forward to this journey together as we all unfold into our greatness and our Thanks. freedom. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being on your show. This has been wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carrie. We look forward to you coming back soon. Okay, great. Thanks.